This episode of the Vacant House Podcast is brought to you by Michelin Tires. We got rubbers. No, not that kind of rubbers. Rubber tires. Come on down. Michelin Tires. Hello and welcome back to the Vacant House Podcast. My name is Kyle Bargo and as always, we have Spike Salter. Yo, yo, yo. And Hayden Snook. What up, what up? So this episode, we're going to be talking more about the techie gaming side of things, getting a little bit farther away from sports. So we're going to be talking our main topic today about Kingdom Hearts, Spike and I's uh, little obsession of a game. We're going to be talking about Battle Royale. And just like the, the takeover that these game modes have really had in the gaming industry. And today, again, we're recording on March 19th, but today's announcement of Google Stadia streaming platform and how that will really impact the industry. So let's just get on into that. So from my perspective, so Google Stadia is Google's attempt at jumping into the gaming market. And we've seen it from a lot of different people before. We've seen it from... And when I say a lot of different people, no one as big as Google has tackled this, so it very well could be different. But you've seen consoles that try to infringe on your typical Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, like that that triage of of platforms. So you had like the Ouya, you had Soldier Boy trying to take all these <laughs> all these stupid consoles. That lasted uh, a lot. Yeah, and, and the fact that he's not in jail blows my mind, but we'll get into that at some other point. But uh, Google Stadia is essentially um, Steam, what was this, the Steam Link, where instead of, so the Steam Link was a device that you could buy that cast your desktop to your TV and streamed it live. So that was the first like real thing that we've seen where you can take a machine that's rendering like crazy with a crazy graphics card, a uh, really good processor and cast it to the TV and play with like a little bit of latency, but you get used to it kind of thing. Um, so Google is keeping everything in the cloud, which for those of you that don't know, the cloud is essentially this giant data warehouse of servers. So it's still running on hardware, except instead of needing this crazy hardware, you need this crazy internet and these this crazy connection to be able to maintain uh downloading all this stuff, or I guess not really downloading. So one of the things that Stadia said, um, they're obviously pushing this new platform. They gave us no price. They gave us no games that's compatible with aside from Assassin's Creed, which ran really well, casted to a phone, and you could play it with a Stadia controller. Um, and I'll let you guys kind of take the platform. But for me, it's interesting to see a company so large tackle a problem so big mm -hmm. and in a market that's kind of niche because I think people if it were me I would rather have a physical game and I'm obviously biased because I collect games for a living right. but I'd rather have a physical game where I can take it to a cabin in the middle of the woods and play it with my friends as opposed to relying on connection mm -hmm. uh, relying on power to where you can just charge this console up like a switch or a game boy and just go out and play. So what are you guys' thoughts? I guess we'll start I... with you, Spike. Oh, sorry. Oh, my yeah. Bad. <laughs> Come on. What are you doing? My yeah. Bad, bro. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I'm always, I'm ready to jump the gun, you know. I'm always go go go. <laughs> um, I, man, so this is tough because like I never really got into Steam. Um, mm -hmm. I've always been PlayStation. Now I have had um, an Xbox 360, but I've mm -hmm. always been PlayStation. I think I fall where a lot of people fall. Um, whether you're, you own a console, so PlayStation or Xbox, I just don't know. I don't know how this is going to um, entice them to move away from their console. I, I get, I get the um, the excitement and the allure it kind of has, where you can, you know, it's on your TV, it's on your laptop, you can do it on your phone, you can do it wherever. I, I, I get that, but. I just don't know how many more gaming systems are going to do well in the era of PlayStation and Xbox and consoles. They tried to do the Wii a while back. It lasted for a few years. And then the PlayStation and the Xbox had the PlayStation. Uh, what was the PlayStation? PlayStation Move, was it called? Mm -hmm. And yep. Xbox had Kinect, and that kind of overtook Wii. I, I just think that consoles in general are such big things now that I don't know if there's really going to be anything that can kind of like take it on. And I will say this just to kind of um, broaden the subjects a little more. This might be a little bit conspiracy, but I wonder if, if this is in any way um, progressing the PS five and the Xbox Scarlet. I, I wonder if this is why um, now all of a sudden we're having these talks is because mm -hmm. Sony and Microsoft have been hearing about this new Google streaming and this is why now they're like 2020, both of these things are coming out. So, Hey, now I'll kind of let you talk about the first thing we're talking about. And then if, if we want to talk about the, uh, the latter, we'll do that. Um, I think, uh, obviously when any new console or any new uh, gaming system comes into the, uh, <clears throat> spectrum, uh, I think we have to realize how playable is this console? So obviously the benefits of having a PC has always been it's it's more powerful. If you get a, bet, a great graphics card, it's way better than a, than a PlayStation or an Xbox, blah, blah, blah. Well, consoles are easy because then it puts gaming in the hands of people that can't afford a great PC. Um, now that they're releasing this, I'm going to quote-unquote call it a console just because it's – but it's more of like a streaming platform for video mm -hmm. games. For sure. I think Sony, Microsoft, uh, Nintendo, I think they are kind of on alert, like you said, Spike. Um, I, I think if, if Google can truly make this uh, work, and by making it work, I mean putting it in the hands of everyday users who have standard 4G LTE connection or like a standard Wi-Fi connection of only 100 megabytes per second, uh, it's instead of like a Google Fiber or a Verizon FiOS, uh, if they can get that in the hands of the everyday consumer, then Sony and Microsoft should take a full red alert siren. Mm -hmm. uh, because they're going to be, if, especially if they can play the same games they're going to play on a console, then they can take it on airplanes. They can hook up to the, they can, if, if it's possible, they can hook up to the airplane Wi-Fi. They can hook up to their library Wi-Fi. They can play a video game anywhere any video game of their choice assassin's creed on your cell phone who would have ever thought you could play assassin's creed on your cell phone in full hd graphics you know it's if, if they can make that work then they should take one but i i do think this is one of those instances that it's too good to be true and 
I think Bargo, you agree with me there. Yeah. And I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. So we've seen a lot of companies, especially in AAA games and, and smaller publishers, where they come out of the gates with some crazy tech demo at E3 and a game looks great. So like No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky was supposed to be this Perfect crazy example. Yeah. This crazy game where you can every time you enter a world, it's a completely different world. And and my they acted like that was a, a crazy concept, but Minecraft is the same thing. You, you have was, a set, yeah. you have a generated <laughs> seed where you we, where you have a random generation. It puts a seed down. In theory, I could get the same seed as both of you, but the odds of that happening are like one in a million. They threw so, numbers at you. They were like, right. there's billions upon billions of worlds that you can research or you can you can visit and then you can obviously take it on from there. And you right. can play with other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of people and they were saying that you could run into you could run into other people while you were on a world that you guys both went to, even though like every world it just became this big cluttered mess. Uh, there's a guy named Kroby Cat on YouTube who does a really good job of explaining things that were really hyped up. He essentially just meshes together advertisements of, so like the, he did one on the Ouya, the console that they talked about, hey, it's going to destroy the uh, Nintendo, it's going to destroy Sony, it's going to destroy Microsoft, it's cheaper, better processor. Very similar to what Google's saying, where this is going to be more powerful than the PS4 and the Xbox, um, and obviously the Switch, but Nintendo never really tries to get the best performance uh they kind of scale down but regardless you got to think too everyone's saying like oh it'd be awesome like i can play assassin's creed on my mobile phone there's a reason that they showed it on a mobile phone because the resolution the, the internet it would take to show it on a big presentation style tv without it buffering or doing anything of that ladder or that matter is insane and, and i almost think Obviously, Google's smarter than all three of us. They have a, a, a crazy team that that I'm sure has all these great ideas. I would imagine that Google is doing this to push the gaming industry, like like one of you had mentioned. But I think there's definitely a play there for this is the revolution of gaming. Jump on the boat uh, with Google, or we're gonna and, take over, or we take over to to the consoles, but to consumers, to other industries like airlines. They might say, oh, well, obviously you can't take fiber in the sky, but, oh, well, we have this new service that it offers this great experience, and you're going to be the only airline company that offers this in your planes. And it's going to be a, a, some form of Google Fiber. Google is definitely using this to leverage because more important than anything, literally the only thing that's important is your internet connection. And I was talking to Hayden earlier, what happens if you're at your house and you're playing through Assassin's Creed and you haven't saved in a while, and your internet goes down, you're done. It's the same thing as if your power would go out at home, but now you have another thing to worry about. And in today's society where we're already hogging bandwidth and you never have enough like data on your phone or like bandwidth for, for your internet, for your connection, I don't think this is going to go very far. Controller looks cool, though. I mean... <laughs> I mean, it, it's, uh, it looks like xbox meets playstation controller exactly that's exactly and, yeah. and that's i exactly also saw i also saw a report that they're saying that this is going to be more powerful than playstation and xbox combined that's but that's they can be as powerful statement. as you want it to be and but if the connection's not there it's not usable 
Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I don't think it's That's why I think consoles are just such a, like, it's such a next level thing, even though it's such an old thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to always beat out this kind of thing. Yeah. Because it's 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 there. You can see it. It's you can hold it. It's I don't know. Tangible. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you think about it, like this these high def consoles are actually relatively young too. It I mean, when did the Xbox One come out? Two thousand nine? Oh, later than that. So the the PlayStation the PlayStation four came out our I think two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve. So like they're only seven years old yeah and and like and for google to come in here and kind of disrupt the market a little bit get get people thinking and talking it's kind of i don't know if it's like an evil empire kind of move you know what i mean like like we are google here we are we're big enough to squash even the biggest people in this industry kind of thing yeah yeah i i don't know if it's if it's that or who knows who knows where it could go it could go sony and google end up working together and make a console microsoft and google work together and make a. I mean google, google already uses it works with microsoft with, with yeah the, i was gonna say i'd see google with xbox quicker than i'd see google with ps4 yeah, but. and if and if that happens who knows where, where it could go you know uh mm-hmm. but i i don't know if it's a power move or just a way to disrupt the market and get people talking um, but I'm interested to see people when it actually launches and see if people can actually, with normal internet connections, play. And if they can do that, watch out Sony and Microsoft. That's all I have to say. And on top of that, you obviously have to have a good connection. So you're paying X amount of – and obviously in today's age, like graphics cards are getting increasingly better. There's not going to be like some stalemate that we hit. Like these can't get any better. I don't see that happening. So internet's just going to continuously get better as we need more things that that revolve around internet. But that being said, you're assuming you're upgrading your packages or maintaining, spending good money to have a good internet, and we don't even know what the service is going to cost. So yeah, you got to think is they're, it gonna they're be a replacing. Or like, I would imagine yeah. it would be a monthly. And I, I read, would... I read that they're they're estimating between like fifteen and twenty dollars per month. That's crazy. If that's really, true. that's crazy. See, see that's wild then because. I would have assumed it would be a lot heftier because you're not actually buying a console. So yeah. I think, like you said, Hayden, you really have to disrupt the market, and I think that's what they're trying to do. But for something like this to really take effect, it's going to take some time, and maybe they're just trying to bypass all that and saying, hey, this is the future, this is what we're doing. And, I mean, every company does that to a T in advertisement. They, they, they talk about, like, how great, their product is and how it's like before it's time and things like that. But you look at like, we talk about steam a little bit. You look at steam, steam took like five, six years to get any sort of following. And now it has a cult following and steam provided a, like, yes, you, you were on a PC, but it, it capitalized on the fact that PCs were getting better and better. But it was the fact that independent game publishers didn't have to pay let's say you release a game on the ps4 for 60 bucks you don't have to pay 20 bucks to the retailer like walmart or whatever 20 bucks to the publisher and then 10 bucks to like whatever company actually publish it to you by the time that that's over you're getting it's like slim such a slim margin and now with steam you can create a really good indie game with like no overhead outside of just putting your time in and and people love that and the fact that you can download a game 
uh, into your Steam library or now on PlayStation, Xbox, or whatever, Switch, you can just download anything and bypass the time. But um, I, I think it's going to be oh, really, really interesting to see, again, like you said, Hayden, what connection you need to maintain anything. Because I, I think the fact that it was on a phone... I get they're trying. They might be trying to promote. It was like an illusion, that, almost. Like right. it's like it's like they if they if they come out with that and then you can't play a game on a standard like LTE connection. Right. People are gonna go crazy and be like, "I want yeah. my money back." Yeah. Right. And in a lot of areas, that's not even gonna be an option. So think about the market they're excluding. Yeah. In in rural areas for cellular for people that don't have access to good. Think about me and Bell towers. Yeah. yeah exactly. You're not. You're not even yeah. gonna have. You're, there's. Belleville's going to lose all gaming, and you guys are just going to go to the hall and just, just play yeah. basketball. Well, <laughs> I still have the key. Yeah, you do still have the key. Don't tell the township officers that. <laughs> well, I, I, heard, I heard they might be sponsoring next episode, and they're looking for that key. <laughs> well, I guess we'll, uh, I guess we'll find out next episode who's sponsoring us now. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah, it's definitely an interesting platform, and I'm really real, excited to see where we go with it. Go ahead. Real quick, I just wanted to add on to my conspiracy a little bit. Sure. Um, like I said, they might PS five and Xbox Scarlet might be kind of pushing it now because they see this. Oh. What if, what if Google is doing this to do exactly what the PS five and, and what do, do exactly what Sony and Microsoft is doing, which is, um, creep or, uh, speeding these processes up and it might affect them negatively. And mm-hmm. think if, I mean, if the PS five comes out or the Xbox Scarlet comes out, and it's not as good as they're hyped up to be, Google's going to look even better. Mm-hmm. And I know it all depends on connectivity, but until until people actually get their hands on it, at least the hype will be up there. It might actually, like I, I like what you said there, it might actually slow down the process of Sony and Microsoft to see what Google's doing. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. if, if it comes out and they don't have a successful launch, that gives Sony and Microsoft way more time to come out with a an awesome product. Yeah, yeah. so... I, I guess we'll see. I don't know. Keep going. I was going to say, now that you brought that up, that's a really, really good point because Microsoft, I don't know much about Sony, but Microsoft, they're obviously Microsoft. uh, I think it's supposed to be like the X cloud or something that they're coming out with. And then Sony has their version um, just for like their cloud services. But in terms of like industry getting away from gaming, Microsoft's cloud, like their Azure solution um, is, I think impeding on Google Cloud, so this might be a big play. I don't know how, where they make their money. I know like the company I work for, UPMC, has massive contracts with Microsoft for like all their line of products for like uh, like actual services as opposed to gaming. But you wonder if it's not them trying to scare the, these companies into, hey, you need to not focus on improving your cloud software you need to focus on providing a better gaming experience because you have a lot of people that even if they throw out a price point a crazy price point of like 30 bucks a month people are going to immediately like you lose all loyalty there people are going to immediately jump ship if they hear that there's games out that aren't exclusives and you got to think too who if, if there's a game that anyone can play on any device like mobile games have been i don't know if you guys have been keeping track of this but mobile games like cell games get so many more downloads and so much more traffic and makes a lot more money than a lot of console games. Like obviously like God of War, Kingdom Hearts, that they stomp certain mobile games. But for indie publishers 
to come out if they're going to get a game that's that's published on like a big console um there it doesn't make sense for them they might as well just develop a mobile game and especially in china and overseas mobile games are insanely popular yeah so it'll it'll be interesting to see if they're trying to push that market um and try to get sony and microsoft out of the space that they think they're impeding on because you got to think google was first in the cloud and and sony and microsoft were in theory not not first but first and leading uh the charge for today's gaming solutions so interesting it's it's gonna be interesting that's for sure yeah make that noise again (laughs) <laughs> thank you i really like that oh man i'll make this sure to throw that in every once in a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's actually a, a secret code word but i guess we'll move on and this kind of ties into um a little bit with the google stadia stuff um but battle royale games so apex legends fortnite h1z1 PUBG, call of duty blackout battlefield everyone has like their own battle royale game now mm. and all these games are operate on and, and PUBG and fortnite i think are the only two that are mobile uh, i could be wrong there but all these games run cross-platform so they run xbox playstation nintendo switch for fortnite and apex maybe PUBG, uh definitely fortnite and then uh pc so, especially in Fortnite's case, Epic Games, who's the the company that created them, they created the Epic's game, Epic Games launcher to rival Steam because they wanted a platform. They've done everything through their own platform because Steam doesn't provide an area where three people from all different platforms can come together and play on the same on the same servers, I guess. So if you're on PlayStation, you can play me on PC if if we can play together. Uh, so you'd wonder if this new Google solution would be like the the prime for something like this. It's uh, I, I I said before the show I have a very strong opinion about these battle royale games coming, in. and my strong opinion is that the ship's gonna sink here soon. And the reason I believe that like the ship's gonna sink is. Obviously, we had the Call of Duty trend when we were in our middle school and high school days where everyone played Call of Duty. And then Call of Duty just kind of died. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and Fortnite is showing a lot of growth. And, and sure. it's just it's just they keep coming out and pushing content and selling DLC and, and costumes you can buy and all that. But maybe it's just because I'm not the specific market they're marketing for obviously going after the younger generation but i think that this battle royale concept is a good one but eventually it's it's got to come to a halt at some point and i don't know if it's going to be sooner than later i i would assume sooner i think uh there's going to be another fps game or a shooter game or a action game that comes out that's going to be like new and kind of fresh and kind of kick out the battle royale i don't know what that'll mm-hmm. be but that's just my opinion on it right now. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about that, but I, I'm interested to hear for sure. So I want to hop in here real quick. What you said about like Call of Duties and how they kind of sizzled out, it's definitely that oversaturation of the market because everyone's making the same game but reskinning it. So mm-hmm. Call of Duty, like there's, there's minor changes. Fortnite was the big change where you can build. 
but every game for the most part is the same. And if you take a few small components here and there outside of the building in Fortnite, these are all the same game. They're just, they right. just look different. So I think you're definitely getting that oversaturation of the market. I think uh, you were kind of seeing a little bit of a decline in Fortnite, Call of Duty Blackout, Battlefield. Um, I think H1Z ones, I don't want to say on the way down, but PUBG and H1Z1 were both the, the two that were leading the charge until Fortnite got there and there was a big like downward spike there. But uh, the best example of oversaturating something and trying to make money on something that's hot, and this is all the same publisher, but Guitar Hero. <laughs> Guitar Hero, Rock Band. So Guitar Hero had Guitar Hero 1 and 2. It was an interesting, unique concept. Guitar Hero 3 came out and it had a lot of success. That was the first one that I played and I loved it. It was a big thing. Then Rock Band came out shortly after. I don't know if you guys were in my sixth grade class, but we played that in Mr. Gardner's oh, yeah. music class mm -hmm. all the time. And I don't know if you remember, but I got 100% on vocals singing a song <laughs> on Rock Band. And I was, me and Darian Pierce were the only two in our class to ever have 100% in that game. So we talked last episode about my baseball batting average and stuff. That's not where my strengths lie. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> Rock Band vocals is, is definitely where it lands. But... Guitar Hero and, and your driving skills are and 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 my driving, driving skills. skills Google driving and regular automobile driving. Oh, man. <laughs> just as a, a funny a funny little uh, footnote to the rock band thing, playing mm -hmm. it in Mr. Gardner's class, I actually played the drums because I thought I would be good at it, and then I <laughs> I like I failed epically at it, and I got so mad that I failed epically at it. I actually started practicing all the time at home. And I ended up like getting up to where I could play expert all the time and really like, send songs. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that or not. Like I would, I posted videos of me playing rock band and stuff. I don't know if you, do you remember that at all? I don't know. I if you don't. Do or not. I know we were really close. In I, I was on, I was on Ustream. Do you remember Ustream? I do remember Ustream. I played, do you remember... I played Ustream and I added, I bite pretty hard. Do you remember? I bite pretty hard. No, he was like a famous drummer for, uh, for rock band and i added him and he added me back and we streamed together for one game Dude, and i was awesome. like i thought that was the best thing in the world i remember that but i got just because i got so mad in mr gardner's class i failed at the drums that i went and i practiced and practiced and practiced until i was like one of the best i could be at the drums but that's just a little side note for fun oh man do you remember alki david yeah uh battle cam <laughs> battle cam Battle Cam and then Justin.tv was before that. But uh yeah, I was we were into that too. That's you, said, you, you said <laughs> yeah, you said you stream and, and you got me you got me going. Um but, Spike. I wish you would have hey. been involved in Battle Cam. <laughs> it, it, it was wild. I made videos for a guy named Beer Guy and they were like stupid. I don't remember him at all, but they were really stupid. Like I would literally sit in this guy's stream that had like fifty people. And it was him and his wife. He would sit and smoke cigarettes and drink beer. And his wife didn't want anything to do with it. But he would get super drunk. And he would go over and be like, he called her beer girl because he was beer guy. And he'd go over and be like, show your tits to the camera. And it was just like the fun. And I would clip that and I'd put it on YouTube and it'd get like six views. And I'd be like, mom, look, my buddy, my buddy beer guy on a battle camp. Like she, she must have been like, what is my son doing online? <laughs> But uh, no, we kind of took a little bit of a turn there. But uh, guitar are we hero, ever gonna get to Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get there <laughs> very soon. Uh, and then Spike will finally be able to talk. 
<laughs> screw both of you. I'm leaving. Spike, you but, need Spike. You need to talk about your battle rock position. On no, I'm glad you guys talked a lot about it because, um, you guys both know that the type of games that I like are story based, something I can get lost in. Mm. Um, so while you know I did play multiplayer COD, I, I did play Fortnite for a little bit. Um, I get very tired of them like very quickly. So like some people would be able to play like ten games in a row. After like the second game, I'd be pretty tired of it. Um, and, and it's the same thing with life for everything that you just keep. If you just keep watching the same movie over and over again, if you if the same team keeps winning in sports, if um, the same thing in video games keeps getting remade and remade, um, it, it's just a lot. Like, it, it will get boring at some point, and I and it will get stale. It'll get old. And I agree. I think sooner or later, and Fortnite and PUBG better count their lucky stars that they were one of the first ones. Sooner or later, it's just going to die down. Um, and that's really the only opinion I have. Like I said, it, it's not my type of game. It's never going to be my type of game. Um, so I, I don't really care if it dies or if it strives. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. That's a good stance. All right, let's 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 jump into Kingdom Hearts since you're asking for it, Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 just a disclaimer, if you're listening to this for the Kingdom Hearts, I'm not going to have much input, but I'm going to ask him some questions. I'll probably sound stupid here and there, but that's okay. And I'll let these two guys take take the reins. So I'm just going to start with my experience of Kingdom Hearts and why I like Kingdom Hearts. And then Spike can hop onto that. Hayden, obviously, you can interject at any time. And then we'll start talking about like the actual story. And obviously, like Kingdom Hearts 3 came out this year. came out January 28th, Spike, 29th? 29th. And, and 29th. before you keep going, we will... Um, we will give a, a spoiler alert when we talk yes. to, when we start talking about the third game, just in case anybody hasn't played it yet. And if you haven't played it yet, I don't like you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, hey. go ahead. Hey. So, <laughs> yeah, I hey, said it's for uh, you. Uh, can, can I, can I talk about why I haven't played Kingdom Hearts? Do we want to know why quick? you haven't? Go ahead. Like, go I, like, honest to God, uh, like you guys in, in your childhood, obviously this is like your childhood, Kingdom Hearts. Like you played Kingdom Hearts, right? Like yeah. as a child, I played baseball too for a year. Yeah, that but, was good. But like <laughs> as a kid, like like my parents never bought me the Kingdom Hearts game, and like I was into Disney, and I liked Disney World, and I went to Disney World, and I like liked all the characters, but like I never even knew there was a video game until like in fact until I started hanging out with you guys. That's when mm-hmm. I finally found out that there was a Kingdom Hearts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had absolutely no clue, and I just wasn't ever introduced to it. And obviously, I joke around and say like, "Oh, that, that game's for losers," you know. But obviously, like it obviously has a lot of like sentimental value to you guys, and I can really appreciate that. And that's pretty much all I have to say. Yeah, nostalgia is very, very strong. Um, nostalgia is one of the main reasons why I collect video games and why I have tens of thousands of dollars sitting in my room in just stupid assets um, and why I carry all this stuff around. But no, so when I was, I want to say like eight, whenever Kingdom Hearts came out, eight or nine, does that sound about right, Spike? Um, I think it was like 01 when it came out, okay. 02. So I'd have been like six or seven. So yeah. I know when I got Kingdom Hearts, it was the greatest hits edition. So it would have been... A little like, bit farther PS2, out, like the red, um, yes, title yeah. cover, yeah, which came out a little bit later than, um, than the actual. Obviously, greatest hits for those of you that don't know are reprinted after the original game comes out for games that sold a certain number or 
did did a certain thing right that Sony wanted to reprint it and try to capitalize. Ratchet and Clank had one. Sly Cooper had one. Uh, a lot of different big name. I'm sure Crash has had them too. But uh, but anyway, so when I was younger, my parents, I played Sega and N64 a lot. And when I was like, I guess, seven or eight, uh, for my birthday, I got a PS2. And I think the only game that I got with it, I don't think there was a pack-in or a bundle. I think the only game I got with it was Kingdom Hearts. And at that point, I was too young. They saw it was Disney-related. And we can talk into how great of an idea it was for Square Enix, Square Enix and Disney to all collaborate on this and really bring together the craziest collaboration of all time. But they got me this game seeing it's Disney. Uh, it must have been recommended on Walmart or GameStop or I guess it would have been EB Games at the time. But... uh but we got it, and I played very similar to when I was younger when I got Pokemon. I played, like, I literally booted up Pokemon, and I'm walking around the room where you start, and I wasn't old enough to understand, like, this is how you play a game. So Kingdom Hearts kind of sat around for a while. So fast forward, like, maybe, like, six or seven months after I got it, um, my cousin, Chelsea, started babysitting me and my brother, Nate, and Chelsea hadn't played playstation but she was really big into disney and obviously we were big into disney too or else they wouldn't have got us the game and chelsea was babysitting us and she would make us mac and cheese and easy stuff she would have been like 15 16 at the time and she would sit and play kingdom hearts and nate and i would watch so i never played kingdom hearts until i was like 12 but the fact that it was a really big part of my childhood because i would get excited when my parents would leave which is crazy because I wanted to watch Chelsea play this game and she would go through like Olympus Coliseum and all these tournaments and in my mind she was a badass because of how good she was at this game comparative to me. So that's how I kind of got into Kingdom Hearts and then when Kingdom Hearts 2 came out I was old enough to really understand like this is an RPG, this is a game, it has a really nice story or I guess that's subjective but it has a, it has a story that I under, <clears throat> yes I guess I can't say understand either. Um, it had a story that I could relate to that that I wanted to follow up as a sequel. So I got Kingdom Hearts 2, played it through, and then I went back and replayed Kingdom Hearts 1. And 12, 13 years later, this year, they came out with Kingdom Hearts 3. So obviously that was a big thing. And Spike and I kind of bonded throughout this, or with this throughout middle school, high school, because I don't think I ever met anyone else other than Cullen <laughs> that played Kingdom <laughs> Hearts that I knew about. So that that's such a it's such a cool experience, such a niche thing. And from going to the release date for Kingdom Hearts three, it wasn't so much of a niche thing anymore. It was a lot more people than I thought. So that that's kind of my story in getting into it. And it was uh, I love it, man. It's it's a great franchise. Um, no, actually, mine's pretty similar to yours. Um, in that I, I watched somebody order to me play it, but uh, ours so. My brother and I, so my brother's five and a half years older than me. Um, and mom would get us random games. So she would get us games that we wanted for Christmas. But she would also get us random games. And the one year, we unwrapped this game during Christmas. And she just said, I don't know if this is going to be good. I was looking at video games. And some guy just came up and said, you have to, you have to, are you looking for games for your kids? She said, yes. And he said, you have to play this. Um, and like you, I, I watched my brother play it and, uh, I watched my cousin play it and I watched my next door neighbor play it. 
And so finally, after like a couple of years of us kind of playing, finally, I got to play it. And just everything from the music video in the beginning to the secret endings, to the story itself, to the music. The gummyship um, missions. Shut up. The gummyship missions. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. And Winnie the Pooh suck. <laughs> Other than that, series is great. But um, I don't know. Just for me, it, it's it's more than just a game. Like I said before, I like to play games that are story-based that I can kind of get lost in. And this game just reminds me of my childhood. It reminds me of when my brother and I were young. It just reminds me of really happy times. And, and I know this is it's, video games aren't supposed to be this deep in a way, but they kind of are because they're also art in a way. But mm-hmm. it, it just means so much more to me than just a video game. So when I saw that when I saw the Kingdom Hearts 3 was coming out and they had a release date and when I first put it in the PS4 and started to play it, like it was just an emotional, not like an emotional roller coaster that I was going to cry, but it was a more mm-hmm. emotional roller coaster because it, it literally, I felt like I was five again. I felt like I was a kid. I felt like I was reliving memories and now I get to create new memories. And it was, it, I don't know how to explain it other than that, other than that it, it is just one of my most cherished memories of all time Mm -hmm. yeah it it is crazy and i'm sure hayden you have games like that or something similar to that i mean i know you have a younger sister so you weren't really you weren't (laughs) playing barbie rancher (laughs) yeah Uh, when i think about games like that though i i don't know if i have any games that i necessarily have like a super emotional connection to except for like uh, specifically, like NCAA football, uh-huh. like that is my childhood game. Like that and uh, MLB uh, MVP MVP baseball. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I I loved that game. I played it on the GameCube at my nan's house in front of her like old like nineteen sixties <laughs> TV that barely could work with a GameCube, but it worked in some way, and. I, you know, it's it's cool that you guys have that like experience, and I, I, I obviously I hope to eventually play the game just to like see what it's about, and I probably won't have the same connection as you guys because I don't have the same experience mm-hmm. or like the same childhood like involvement. But I'd like to like understand why it's so like eventful and like it resonates so well within yourselves. I think a lot of it is nostalgia because looking back, there were a lot of things wrong with Kingdom Hearts 1 and a lot of things wrong with Kingdom Hearts 2. And people will say the story is janky, which I would agree with. It is. Um, but that, that's kind of what makes the game. And that's definitely like part of the reason that I think Spike and I both believe that because when I went to the midnight release, like I didn't really talk much about it, but I didn't want to be let down because you go 12 years and you're you're waiting, obviously, like we're not sitting here like twiddling our thumbs like oh three more years to go like because this the release date kept getting pushed farther and farther back and we just didn't want and i think i could talk like from spike's perspective here too we didn't want something that was so uh we were looking forward to it so much to kind of crash and burn and we didn't want it to really affect what we were what we what we really wanted and and i think where people got lost too is there's a huge gap between Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3, 12, 13 years, whatever that mark is. There were a lot of other Kingdom Hearts games released yeah, at the time and it, a lot of compilations. Yeah, that's it's the thing is not only was it 12 to 13 years, but 
in game in storiness, like the story of it as well, took a huge gap. Like it wasn't like this is taking place right after Kingdom Hearts two. No, there was a ton of stuff in between. And to understand Kingdom Hearts three, you also got to know the stuff that happened in, before Kingdom Hearts one. And they were all on different consoles too, yeah. all on different which, platforms. Which was weird. Yeah. So you had PS two was Kingdom Hearts one and two, and then Chain of Memories was PS two. Uh, Ch- Rechain of Memories was re-released on PS2. Originally Chain of Memories was Game Boy Advance. That's Game Boy Advance, yep. And then you had uh, uh, 358 over 2 uh, was DS. You had Recoded was DS, which doesn't even have anything to contribute to the story whatsoever. Birth by Sleep was PSP. And then Dream Drop Distance was 3DS. And all those ended up getting re-released on PS4 prior to this except what wasn't functional i mean a couple of them, over two right well a couple of them just had videos like it wasn't right. the they were just like game. the cutscenes. yeah so it was three five eight over two was cutscenes, and then that like unchained x back cover right the one that took place like a hundred years before kingdom hearts one yeah i think that was just like a china or not china japan only like yeah it wasn't japan only but that's where it got it was like a, a web-based game or something i think it was a mobile game was it? Yeah, I know that the there was the the one mobile game that's semi big now or was pretty big before this year. They released it last year after they announced that Kingdom Hearts would finally had a release date and people got crazy about it, but that didn't really have a story though. So I mean I don't know. Hayden, if you So my thing is, and this has been my position with as we get older, people getting into it, um, it is tough because we had an advantage, we played it as kids. And there are definitely, there are definitely kid moments in it. It's it doesn't swear. There is violence, but there's no blood. There isn't really killing. Um, and there are some like cringe moments. But I just, if if you are gonna play it, play it. You need to go into it. At take away your, and I'm not saying you, just anybody. Take away your. I'm a man. I don't watch Disney anymore. Just go into it as like a kid would. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not scared to admit that I, I love that stuff. I love yeah. when Disney comes out with stuff. I love watching them. It makes me feel young again. You just got to go into it with that just childhood mentality mentality. And I, I think there's potential that you could enjoy it. Um, the story is a little bit messy and saying a little bit is an understatement, mm-hmm. but just everything from the music to the story to just kind of getting lost in the game. Like it really is an experience. So I just thought of the game that represents my childhood the best and it's ape escape. Yes. (laughs) Ape escape was great. That, that game is what like, that's my childhood game for sure. I wasn't really thinking about it, but ape escape definitely. Um, Have you played the sequel for that ape escape Two? Yeah, yeah, I've played. Yeah, I lo- that's part of my childhood. That's like top five. My childhood too was Ape Escape two because I played it on PS one at my at Chelsea's house actually, and uh, and yeah, my parents got Ape Escape two for me because they knew that and I liked it. And yeah, man, Ape Escape two was was yeah. the bomb. Loved Ape it. Escape was awesome, but like, I I wonder like, I I w- I will I will take that. I'll try to break out my imagination again. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just got to, you got to kind of break down the wall of I'm a 23 year old man now. And just, you know, you only yeah. live once. So like the whole, like, I got to act to this. YOLO. Game, I think it's 
dumb. <laughs> yeah, no, but it is. Like, you do. I think the whole I got to act this age thing is yeah. so stupid. I agree. Oh, and, yeah. And as, at, kids I'm, I'm curious as to what you guys, how you guys feel about it. So, as a, like, a quote-unquote veteran of Kingdom Hearts, like, you've you've been there, you've seen the, the beginnings of it. Do you wish that future generations, like, continue to play Kingdom Hearts and, like, find Kingdom Hearts and, like, you know you know what I mean? Younger generations play it and, like, continue the legacy as time goes on? Because, obviously, Disney isn't going anywhere. And video games aren't going to go anywhere. So, obviously, they're going to continue to make, like, Disney Kingdom Hearts kind of games. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know how you guys feel about the future about it or anything. Like I, that, you know. I definitely do. Um, the good thing about how the story is so messed up and so convoluted is that it's so messed up that you can just keep messing it up mm-hmm. and keep creating things um i guess was it messed up that's I, i'm i'm like confused as like so every story, time you say it's messed up like explain explain the story and like the, playing it and i mean that 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 would take forever so i'm not going to explain the whole story this but yeah. the, the reason why it's so messy is because there's so many different enemies there's so many like, like people cloning themselves, mm. and you think this person is dead, but he's really not because he's really here, and his clone is here, but his real vessel is here, and right. it's just like a, a bunch of different moving parts that never seem to end or begin. They're just oh, can you explain it any better, Bart? I mean, it's, it's so um, messed up that even the explanation is messed up. Yeah. So so without diving into it from my perspective, and, and Spike did more research and playing game like playing stuff and, and at least watching like you watched birth by sleep and you watched i watched everything yeah so you you did a deeper dive than i did but from a surface level the game i grew up in my childhood kingdom heart the original kingdom hearts on the ps2 came out in 02 so like like we said before like when you replay it even though it's re- remastered for the ps4 it's still a game that was developed in 2002 so you got to take that with a grain of salt but the game was essentially developed to market to people this rpg franchise or this rpg genre um because square square enix they were squaresoft at the time but square it was enix and squaresoft that merged together and made square enix and they specifically made rpgs so i forget what the story was about how they actually interact but i I think that squaresoft and disney were in the same building or at least a subset of disney were in the same building and they were in the elevator, and they joked about it. And then they, one of the teams were like, was like, that could actually be something that works. I imagine it would be Squaresoft, because I couldn't imagine Disney would really push that. But they were essentially saying, hey, we can promote this because RPGs are so big in Japan. And Disney was big in Japan, but not, like, huge, I guess, compared to, like, the U.S., because the U.S. is, like, the entertainment capital of the world. Um, but the they would also introduce all the different disney worlds the focus was more on the disney worlds than it was the story which is why it gets so messy um the very first kingdom hearts game and even the second game if if you took a step back and you threw all the other games in there for the amount of story and what makes sense i would say those two games are like 15 or 20 percent of the entire like kingdom hearts space if that makes sense so like Playing Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2, not knowing that other things came out, there's a whole, all these different hurdles you're already running into. Kingdom Hearts 2, they introduced, you originally have the Heartless in Kingdom Hearts 1, so those that 
without being stupid, lost their heart, uh, were overcome by darkness. And then in Kingdom Hearts 2, they threw a character out there, Roxas, and, and Spike liked the intro. I hated the intro of Kingdom Hearts 2 because it was a character you didn't know. It was it drug for a very long time in a story that you weren't familiar with. And they introduced a, a whole different being. It was the Nobodies, which were people that lost their body. Is that right? Yeah. It was like the... Not not an empty vessel, but but similar to that. Um, so they threw all these different things at you, and it got really messy. But for most people playing it, at least in my scenario, you were playing it because of the Disney connections. You were playing it to see the bond between Sora, Donald, and Goofy, who Sora is the main character, but Donald and Goofy are your sidekicks, and you're going into Tarzan's world. You're going into the Lion King. You're going into... Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, in, in the Pirates oh, yeah. of the Caribbean, Alice in Wonderland, all these great Disney movies. Um, obviously, there's a bunch of other ones that you got into, but this time around, they really pushed Toy Story three and Monsters Inc. They got Frozen, they got uh, Tangled. Tangled, right? So, and people's gripe with this one was that even though they were expecting the same type of formula, the first two games that formula didn't really work to explain this story. So that kind of just felt like filler. And then the last two hours, three hours of the game was like this big push where everything happens. So that's like the only gripe that I have. That was super exciting when it happened. But I don't know if you would agree with that, Spike. Like, toward the end of the game, like, toward, like, the end... So Big Hero 6 was one of the later worlds. Spoiler! That That's not really a spoiler. Spoiler! Okay, spoiler alert. Big Hero 6. I guess we'll start the wall here. Yeah, this uh, is where the wall... Because <laughs> I'm just saying from from before we started to play, I sure. wouldn't have wanted to know that Big Hero 6 is the, is the last. It is one of the last, right? I mean, it pretty much is because... If you're going to no, go by level no, cap, no, yeah. Saying, right, right, yeah. I understand. that. That's the way it's meant to be played. But by the time you got toward the end of the game, in terms of like the, the worlds you were traversing... It was. It kind of felt like I just want to fight Ansem and I want to fight Xehanort. I want to fight these big bosses that we keep seeing and they keep acting like we're nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you feel you kind of step into Sora's shoes and like, hey, Square Enix pretty much said that Sora lost his strength and his memory, and it's this BS way to reset reset us to level one and lose all our abilities and everything. But you're kind of working your way up through there, and I think the game was so easy. And I want to say so easy in a way that like it wasn't fun because you got to have a good balance between like difficulty and you also don't want to be like Dark Souls because that turns a lot of people yeah. away, especially in like a, a genre aimed at like younger kids. Um, but there's like that balance you have to have, and it was easy enough that by those worlds, I was like, hey, I just want to fight the final boss because I know I can kick their ass, right? That that's yeah. kind of the mentality that I had. So, no, I that, mean that got I, long-winded. I know we were talking about the story, um, but well, I mean yeah. we could talk about the story for three days and still not be. Oh able yeah, to... absolutely. Um, no, the only reason I, I loved it, and mm-hmm. I agree that it was it was easier, especially than more than Kingdom Hearts two. Um, I'm kind of returning to what I said before about what games I like. So I like to get lost in the story. So even though I thought it was easier it was still difficult enough for me to get lost in it. So I didn't mind what the difficulty was. Um, I thought the, the ending was a little too drawn out only because 
I played the first two games. Uh-huh. The formula for the first two games was you finish all the worlds, you fight the final boss, that's it. This one was you finish all the worlds, then you got to fight a bunch of bosses, and then the final boss. And it was it, it almost seemed like it was too drug out, even though I can't believe I'm complaining about that when I waited for 13 years to play. Like I wish the game would have lasted 80 hours instead of 30. Right, but if it would have lasted 80, we would have more complaints about how long it was, right? So, yeah, I completely agree, is they didn't want to have a half-baked product. Now, I don't know if you've heard much about, like, the reviewers' gripes. Like, a lot of people said the game was really good, and I think overall they did a good job. They did a good job at a lot of different things. I don't think, if anything, they did great, it was the combat. I think they did a lot of things good. Combat was great. I mean, that was, like, that was just beyond, I don't even beyond great that was oh yeah way 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 different than kingdom hearts one and two in terms of like feeling like you could actually control like i don't know if i can go back i definitely could but going back to kingdom hearts one and two like there's not really as much like flexibility there which that comes with age too like Um, was it more uh like pressing buttons or like like, you know what i mean like like some combat games you just like press a b a b B, yeah kingdom hearts is a button mashing game and you can put a lot of strategy into it. Like, there are people that, that stream Kingdom Hearts. They do, like, world record w- runs, but they do where Sora is at level zero the entire time on, like, critical difficulty, which means you get hit once, you die. So there's a lot of strategy that can go into it. If you're playing on a really easy difficulty, you could literally mash X more often than not. Um, now, obviously, in Kingdom Hearts 1, there were a few bosses that you couldn't do that at all, or regardless of the difficulty, like... Uh, uh, who is the Ursula in the, the one with the the magic pot spike? Oh, the cauldron. Her, her cauldron, yeah. Like you yeah. had to cast magic on there. There wasn't really a workaround there. Um, but I thought people were saying this one was more of a button mashing game, like a hack and slash is a better way to say it. But a game where you're just pressing X and then you're pressing triangle for reaction commands um, and you're casting your magic here and there. It's uh, one of the easier RPG games though because like – that's the reason because I'm actually not a huge RPG fan. Um, like I'll play them, but I get a little tired. Like I said, I like to get lost in the story, and when I'm collecting a bunch of stuff, it takes me away from it. But this is—they did such a good job at balancing RPG and story that I never minded collecting stuff. I never mind—I never minded actually having to fight enemies to gain strength and abilities and all that. Uh huh. Now I'm going to give you my my gripes. Uh, I said they do they do a lot of things well. I think they introduced they spread themselves a little too thin. Like they had a lot of different types of games, which I guess necessarily isn't bad. But like the Winnie the Pooh world was was really short, and I liked that it was like an all at once thing. I'm sure you appreciated that too. I did. Where like you got your keyboard, you you finished the world, you sealed the keyhole. Yeah. But you also didn't spend a ridiculous amount of time trying to find torn pages. So Snook, there was a uh, in Kingdom Hearts one and two, Winnie the Pooh had a book. And in each world, there would be a torn page you had to find in a chest. Mm-hmm. And then that page would go into the book. And then you'd be able to access that part of Winnie the Pooh's world. So if you didn't have all the treasure chests that had those pages in them, you'd never actually like completed the game, even though it let you advance. So that was kind of like a something that I liked this time around. I liked Ratatouille, the cooking aspect of it, the buffs. I thought that was a great addition, especially for an RPG. Um, but there were a lot of things that they just like... I was like, eh, about. I didn't like in Toy Story the the robot that combat system. I thought that kind of took away. Like that's kind of the time where I was learning like how to use like the flow motion controls and how to. It, 
it like, did. Uh, that was definitely hit or miss for people because it, yeah. it definitely did take away from the hack and slash. It definitely did take away from the original combat that that is Kingdom Hearts. I I, I didn't mind it um, because it did take away a little bit from that, and I, I liked doing different things. But after like the second or third like you know Galaxy toy robot that I was shooting, I I, I did kind of get tired of it and just took my time hack and slashing because that that is Kingdom Hearts. Right, and what was frustrating about that, and, and I don't want to say it was too hard because this game wasn't that hard, but at that point, those robots are like five or six hits and you're dead. And yeah. a lot of the times, like they wanted you to get another ro- to get into a robot to fight the robot. Yeah, and there were never like there were a few times where there was like a shell there for you to get into, but there were other times like that final area where you, um, where you went before you fought that boss which i think was really well done but that area didn't have a place where you could grab a robot so it was just like these keep hitting you with blasters and you can't really do anything about it so i had a gripe there um i think what was the other thing if you have any positives or negatives pop into i know you said you liked it a lot and i i did too but i mean obviously the negatives are going to stand out a lot more because i love it so much um, so like the positives is I, I just loved it. Um, I, I don't know any individual things like the combat I thought was great. I thought the storytelling for the most part was great. I, you know how much I love Tangled. I went into that sure. thinking, thinking, oh man, it's Tangled. I never even watched that movie. It's it's a chick mo- chick Disney movie. I won't like it. I thought that was the most beautiful world that I saw there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did think that the Toy Story and the Monsters Inc was. A, especially the toy story was a little bit repetitive in the story because some of them, some of the worlds were based from the movies themselves. So pirates of the Caribbean, there were like pirates of the Caribbean scenes in it tangled. It was tangled story. Um, frozen for the most part, it was frozen story. And then toy story, like it was just go to galaxy toys, find Rex or, Oh no, we found Rex. Where's ham. Oh, we found ham. Oh no, we lost Rex again. Yeah. Right. Really, really redundant. Yeah, it felt kind of like they were so hyped up that they got Toy Story, a world in there, and then they were like, oh, crap, what, what should we do for the story now? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, so I liked in the first game and in the second game how it was loosely based on the story, but it also it also did a really good job at not straying too far from it. I didn't like that Frozen and Tangled pretty much followed the story exactly. And if you didn't, I never watched Frozen or Tangled before. And if you didn't know, it felt very pieced together. Like they had the crucial cutscenes, but I just felt like they, if they're trying to tell the whole story there, which they were trying to do, I think uh, they didn't really accomplish that. Whereas like, I loved Monsters Inc where it's kind of following on to not like a sequel, but it's established that Sully and Mike already know Boo and they're just hanging out with her. And then, yeah, I, I did like that. Like, then Randall comes back into it. Like, it almost feels like it's an addition as opposed to here's just a story. following a story. Right. I did. I will say, though, that I, I don't know if you, for some reason I, I just really was drawn to this moment. Um, entangled when Finn and whatever her face, Rapunzel, I guess is her name, um, mm-hmm. when they were in the boat and like all those lanterns were in the sky. Uh huh. Like, I don't know why that moment just like really stuck with me. I thought that was like the most beautiful scene of the entire game. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a, that was a beautiful world, man. I, I was a really was big awesome. fan of that one. Like, I, I know that like, you know, some of the fighting scenes were great and the grass. I, I just thought that that scene right there, I was like, 
that that is what Kingdom Hearts is. Like it, it, it just mm-hmm. I don't know. It really stuck with me. Yeah. No, I mean I don't really have that many bad things to say about it. I mean it, it was I, a great game. I I didn't feel disappointed after I finished it. I, it took yeah. me longer than I thought. I mean I, I told you I was gonna take off work and finish it in one day, and it took me like a month. So I mean I, I I'm, yeah I I mean I hate talking it talking about it this much when Hayden do you have anything to kind of add Hayden or uh, any guys I'm just enjoying listening to the conversation as I mean, I'm sure it, many other people are oh yeah well, I mean we're gonna have thousands of viewers on this but <laughs> yeah laugh laugh guys you wait you wait once that Michelin here's our sponsor you just I've got <laughs> yeah Michigan tweets about Michelin tweets about it I think I've got the piece though I've, I just found some breaking news uh but we'll save it for the end Ooh. Um, I mean, do, what else do you want to talk about, Bargo, with this? I mean, because honestly, there is no skimming the story. No. There's just my, not. My advice, and it's very similar to what you told Hayden, if you're looking to get into Kingdom Hearts, as much as you want to jump into the third game, you have to at least either watch an hour-long video on the story because it is a very story-driven game. Whether it or is. Not you think it, whether or not you think it's a great story or a good story or just a story that has great characters that isn't told well at all. Whatever your opinion is, um, you need to know about the story prior to coming into it. So I would recommend playing Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, fully knowing that there's going to be parts you don't like, challenging parts. The difficulty spikes back then were a lot more frequent. Um, But then know that coming into this game, there's so much to offer. And if you like a specific kind of play style, like, if you want to go full bore on your magic, you upgrade your keyblades to do all magic. Take the frozen keyblade, upgrade it, uh, go full bore magic, and, and you can do that. They they really widen the lens. If you want to, I mean, you you can really do whatever you want. And I loved the fact that one of my gripes in games is I like to be I like the option of being able to fully complete a game from any point. So. Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2, which no other game at their time did this. But after you finished a game, I actually, Ape Escape 2 did this, but after you finish a game, uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 didn't let you save. So once you finished the game, that was the end of it. Kingdom Hearts 3, and Nino Cooney did this too, Ape Escape did it, but once you finish the game, it asks you to save, it saves, it, it keeps all your stats. It resets you. If you want to go and do that story, the, the very last battle or whatever, you can go do that. That's where it stops you. But it gives you that opportunity. So if you want to go get all the treasure chests, if you want to go get all the lucky emblems, you want to do X, Y, Z, you can go do that. And I know for a fact in Kingdom Hearts 1, there were a few treasure chests that if you missed out, they patched it in the PS4 remake and the PS3 remake too. But if you wanted to go back to the Cave of Wonders in Aladdin after you... you past that point you missed out on all the treasure chests in there because you couldn't go back so i like having those kind of options because not necessarily do you if you if you think how do i how do i word this if you think that you like a game enough to go back and replay it chances are you're not going into a brand new game a fresh game saying i'm gonna go and get all the treasure chests in this world and then i'm gonna move on to the story you're gonna do that all at the end or you're gonna force yourself to do it all at the current time. So I think a lot of people went back trying to get all the chests and found like, oh, guess what? You can't do it in this game. So I loved how they set up everything in this one. Very happy with Square Enix. And uh, yeah, I I had uh, 
my roommates from college, uh, my senior and junior year, Ben and Aldo and Burnick, I had them try Kingdom Hearts, and Aldo liked it. Uh, ben thought it was the stupidest thing ever, but it's kind of on me in, in some ways because you hype something up, like, and Spike, I'm sure you're the same way. Like, if someone asks you about Kingdom Hearts, you're going to tell them how great it is, but I'm gonna a lot light of the times... A lot of the times I have an issue where I'm like, yeah, it's really great. It's about, and I try to tell the story and then the pieces don't really line up because the story is so complicated. Well, so, and it's because the story is complicated and because you're trying to tell them it's Disney characters and it's, right. it, it is tough if you're not a kid to get into it. Exactly. It, it's like a very tough initial barrier because, and this was around the time God of War was out too, that I was having them try to replay this and try to yeah. play this. When you go from something like God of War with all these different options, and then you say, here, you're playing with Donald Duck and Goofy. And yeah. You have a, a giant key, and you're killing these Heartless. Like, yeah. It, it is hard to get into, but if you can get past all that, there's a lot of really good content in there. And and like I said, I, I'm drawn to the music. I'm drawn to the story. The I'm music. Drawn to the gameplay. The music, I can still listen to and know right away is Kingdom Hearts. And I, and I, oh, I yeah. could do it for like six hours straight. Like, I just. Like uh, when you get to the the title screen, the main menu, and dearly beloved is playing, mm-hmm. and you, you you just sit there and listen, and it just kind of makes you think. And then um, that link that I saw that uh, sent to you a couple months ago, where it's like the, the orchestra playing, mm-hmm. and yep. it's like it's like incredible. Like if any other game had that kind of um, soundtrack, it'd be doing so much better, dude. And there's a lot of great music that I could, that I often hear in my head, which makes me sound like a freaking crazy person. But when I'm in an elevator and I'm expecting there to be elevator music, yeah. I'm humming the Traverse Town theme song because boy, is that not like the best piece of like, like it's just your hub world. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been, I've been humming Ventus's theme. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard that one? I think so. It's, it's, it's kind of sad. It's like, do, 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 do. it's like it's like real sad but like uh-huh. i've just been humming it like all the time it's like ing- I, that's how big this game is to me like even the mu- even even someone's theme song like after all these years can s- stick in my head mm-hmm. um, let me just tell kinda, you guys something what they should hire you guys as like marketing consultants because I know. the way you guys sell this game is just incredible like, and the last just, thing, like, and I understand you're kind of biased because you love it, but like, it's just like so amazing how like connected you guys are to it. It it really is like it, it, no other game am I connected like this. And the last thing I'll say is about Kingdom Hearts three is I, I'm excited for the DLC to come out. I don't know what they're gonna mm-hmm. do with it, but um, hopefully the first time Kingdom Hearts ever gets DLC for anything. So that well, and I hope really, it ex- really cool. I hope it explains the ending a little more because the way that they ended it with Sora going to try and find Kyrie, and then Kyrie ends up showing up. Yeah, and, you don't and, know and, if that's... And, yeah. that, and that's supposed to end... That's supposed. Kingdom Hearts 3 was supposed to end Sora's story and start another one. And with it ending like that, it's like, what the heck? How is that supposed to end it? Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, isn't that the, the staple, though, for Kingdom Hearts to leave you on like a, what? What is this? Yeah. Because I know after... Was it Kingdom Hearts 1, the secret video was... Uh, the skyscrapers and i think it was was that Riku or was that Riku and 
It was Riku uh, and Roxas. Yeah, Roxas. Yeah, but you don't know that at the time. And that was yeah. like the coolest video ever. And yeah, at that it was. point, like, you couldn't just go on YouTube and find it. Like, YouTube wasn't really a thing or wasn't as prevalent as it is today. Yeah. Um, and then the secret video for the second one was like the Keyblade War. So, like, yep. you have that kind of thing where it's like, uh, I have no idea what this is. These guys have really cool exactly. armor. And there's like yeah. 3,000 Keyblades. I thought we were the only, there were only four Keyblade wielders, right? So it was crazy. It just provokes questions, and and that's the best kind of uh, that's the best kind of thing you can have. So yeah, just just to end the Kingdom Hearts discussion, unless you have anything else, Spike. Uh, no, just no, get, give just give it a chance. Uh, there's a lot of good things that can come from it. Like I said, it's it's it can be dated, and it can feel somewhat like childish, but there's a lot of messages that are underlying in that game that can apply to life. And I don't know if that's that it probably is some of the nostalgia talking, but it's also like you go and look at Kingdom Hearts quotes, yeah, you'll find a lot of stupid ones, like Sora going, ah, ooh, ah. No, like, just like oh, I told you, cringe ones. <laughs> yeah, like, very, very, very cringy pieces like cutscenes, but you'll also find some that are like, my friends are my power, which you you take that as it is, like that's that that's really how it is. It's life's all about connections, right? So, yeah. So I not, wanted not to, connections I wanted to get... in a in a yeah. I wanted to get Hayden's. I wanted to know if Hayden had anything else to add, and if he doesn't, it's fine. And then I, I did want to hear what your breaking news is. I, I I don't have much else to add. I'm just very impressed with how like thorough you guys are about this game. It's pretty impressive, actually. Like it's not like embarrassingly impressive. It's like it's like something you guys like actually have a genuine connection to. And if I, I'm I, being I, honest, like if somebody said like what what are some of your favorite memories in life? this would be one of them. Like this is if my wife, future wife ever asked me that question or my kids or something like that, this is something I would tell them about. It means yeah. that much to me. And it sounds like I understand, like it does sound stupid, but it is like, it means that much to me. Yeah. And don't a lot of things sound stupid until they get explained. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you don't know what situation people are in or, or what scenario like why people are drawn to certain things or why they like memories until you hear them out and listen so it's a good example of that taking it from a really high level but yep so go ahead news okay so has nothing to do with kingdom hearts has nothing to do with video games but it might possibly get us some listens shane dawson oh god (laughs) is now engaged to his longtime boyfriend ryland adams Ooh. I have no idea who these people are. So Shane, I guess, give a little background on Shane Dawson. I can too, if you want. But uh, Shane Dawson is basically a long time YouTube creator. I long mean, time since the beginning of the yeah. platform, okay. and uh, he's had a lot of controversy. But this past year, he's like thrived more than any possible creator. Like yeah. he's getting like getting like eleven to twenty million views per video, and it's mostly on the upward end of that. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of his like life is filmed, but it's also filmed in like documentary scenarios where he goes and jumps into like others, other people's lives, like Jeffrey Star, Jake Paul. Uh, yep. He does conspiracy theories. A and, lot of like, conspiracy theories. Yeah, he's he's easily one of my favorite creators. But the, the the reason it's breaking news is because now we can advertise it as we talked about Shane Dawson and his boyfriend getting engaged. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. No, uh yeah, I completely agree. Shane Dawson is a very uh very veteran, I guess, YouTuber. He's been around since the very beginning 
and I think he kind of uh, he kind of stalemated for a while, and then he found like I don't want to say his niche, but more so when like PewDiePie and all these guys are like really starting to make it big because more kids are getting into the platform. Like Shane Dawson's target audience is people that are very impressionable, and and not like I love Shane. I love watching Shane Dawson too. So I, I don't want to act like this is me, but a lot of the people that watch like Shane Dawson are younger kids that they hear about this conspiracy and they go to their mom and be like, we have to go to Chuck E. Cheese because they don't cut their pizzas right. Or they reuse like pizzas and stuff like that. Like that is such a, he's doing such a great job. And like you said, he's, he's stepping into other people's lives that are like the, the crazy, I don't want to say crazy, but like the people that aren't normal on, on both sides of the spectrum in, in anything like, like Jeffree Star is like a very unique <laughs> to say the least type of person. So and I, I think we can talk about like all of this more on a separate podcast, but oh, I just wanted to get that in there to put it in the footnotes. So maybe we'll get. <laughs> I actually think this ties well with the kingdom hearts theme. <laughs> Don't ask me how, but I think it does. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the connection Bargo and I share to, youtube as vintage vintage youtube and vintage entertainment yeah yeah and as we talk about this like i know we initially started talking about podcasting and spike and i talked that talked about this on our like teaser pilot episode like we weren't really sure like where we're gonna go with everything and i like the idea like we found a lot of different things today regarding sports news for the week regarding uh gaming news for the week and the fact that like that's very much entertainment and like our next podcast is probably going to be talking about Disney live action movies, which is going to be a really interesting topic. Like Spike knows more than than Hayden and I combined probably on that, but we all have uh, our our connections with Disney and growing up with Disney and being in a Disney household where there's a lot of pressure on the, on these companies to take a Disney movie and make it into a live action feature. So very. Look forward to that. We're we're looking forward to talking about it. Um, um real real quick. Um, this isn't breaking news either. I just wanted to kinda put this out there before we ended it. Um Belmont did beat Temple tonight by eleven. Did they? Yes. Okay. So looking strong already. So you're keeping them in your in your I'm upset. I'm one hundred percent having them yeah. beat and they're gonna beat Maryland. I'm having it. Okay. Well, I, I can't wait to see Maryland win. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna be so confident now that they're gonna lose by 40. And <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to uh to go on my betting platform and see how many games I won. But I got I guess we'll wrap it up and then and then and then we'll go from there. So yeah, thank you guys for watching. I mean, or listening or whatever platform you're looking onto. Uh, we talked about this in the first uh, episode. If you've made it this far, awesome. Thank you. Um, we're really looking forward to having more engaging conversations and seeing like what you guys like. If you came here because it was Kingdom Hearts related or you just clicked on it because you thought it could be something that could be cool and, and you made it this far. So if, if we could give you some sort of prize, uh, I totally would. Um, but I, mean, I, I hear Michelin I is giving anything. out free rubbers. Yeah, yeah, free rubbers, free, free free rubbers from Michelin. Michelin. Yeah. So pl- please hit them up on every social media platform imaginable and, and ask hashtag for your uh, rubbers. hashtag spikes free rubbers. <laughs> love it. I love it. But oh, all right, man. let's close this guy out. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. Thank you. See you later.